Hi, we are Brent and Sheila Howell. My name is Matt Leesman. Hi, my name is Hannah Rollins. My name is Chad Peterson. My wife and I, we've been walking with the Lord for about 22 years together. Prayer is so vital to us. Uh, we've both been through some physical challenges and the Lord through prayer has got us through. We're part of this, the prayer team here at Gloucester and the prayer team prays for the church's needs, be it people physical healing and the church building. Rosalie and I were praying for a friend of ours and it, it's amazing. She started coming and then she brought her daughter. So Rosalie and I have been praying for months because she, you could tell she had a need and we know it was spiritual. I don't know if she knew that, but it, it's been amazing to watch God grow and change their family. We are in the parking lot one time and the lady came to me. So she said, can you pray for me it for the brain cancer? Me. Because the, the doctor told her she only can live three months. So we pray in the parking lot that Sunday afternoon. And so she called me back Monday. Uh, and she said that the doctor could not find any cancer anymore. It, it was God. I said, it was God who do the miracle and you still can live mm -hmm. a long life. Prayer is just like a, a oxygen to me that I can pray anytime, I can pray everywhere, and it, it really changes the atmosphere of my situation, and the people that we pray for, it really impacted their lives. All right. Well, God's hand is still at work, isn't it? Right. Well, before we dive into the word, we just want to share a few announcements. October 8th at 9 a.m., Made for Mission will be at our Yorktown campus. This is an opportunity to be a part of a ministry that knits, crochets, and sews items for local and international missions. And so if you're interested for more to find out more information, go to gocoastal.org slash events. Um, here at Coastal, Coastal Kids volunteers are needed. Coastal, God is growing this campus. Um, and with God growing this campus, that means there are more children coming. And so we would love for you to link arms with Coastal Church and parents by serving in Coastal Kids. If you're interested in serving in Coastal Kids ministry, please register at gocoastal.org slash Hampton slash serve. Our student ministries here at Coastal Hampton has been launched. Uh, we've launched our middle school and high school small groups. They're held every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. here at our Hampton campus. And so if you would like more information, feel free to reach out to me, Marcus, at gocoastal.org. October 23rd, Trunk or Treat will be held at our Yorktown campus. And so we need volunteers to help uh, make uh, make this as fun as possible. Uh, we have the opportunities for candy donations, trunk decorations, um, and more. And so if you'd like more information with that, uh, please email Cindy Clegg, Cindy at gocoastal.org. As I mentioned earlier about Puerto Rico, um, they were hit by a massive hurricane last week. Uh, about two feet of water flooded the communities um, in that island because the drainage systems couldn't keep up with the rain. And so, like I said, many of that 
the areas have lost power. Um, several years, though, Coastal has partnered with a church, uh, La Trivisia Church, um, in the San Juan area. And so uh, we're looking again to give $10,000 to bless them. That $10,000 is going to help with food distribution, water, and shelter. And so again, if you would like to help in any way, please, we were asking that you would give above your giving amount. You can feel free to give in the offering plate or the basket and also online. So these are your announcements for this morning. And now to the word. Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. We have a lot of reading to do from this verse. So brace yourselves. Matthew 6, verse 11. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Wasn't that a lot? Give us this day our daily bread. Bread, Matthew 6, 11. This is the model prayer of Jesus taught in Matthew 6. When you look at this prayer, it begins with adoration of who God is and submission to his will. The verse before this in Matthew 6, 10, Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he goes to verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. This verse, verse 11, is what I would like to call a declaration of dependence. All throughout history, nations would rule over smaller nations. And after a while, those smaller nations would rise up with hopes to be free from the rule of that superior nation. And often they would war. And if the war turned out in the small nation's favor and they would win, they would come up with this document known as a declaration of independence. And that's what Fourth of July is all about here in America. It celebrates a day where America stood up against England's rule. And after uh, the Revolutionary War, July 4th, 1776, they came up with the Declaration of Independence declaring their freedom from England's rule. And we have celebrated ever since the Declaration of Independence. Children declare their independence when, when they reach a certain age, uh, unless they need money or have to wash their clothes, then they are dependent again. Uh, but for the most part, when children reach a certain age, 18, they declare their independence. Um, this, this world is all about living independently. This world is all about us striving to live on our own. But as we move forward in this model prayer of Jesus, we find that Jesus challenges us not to declare independence from God. But this, he calls for a declaration of dependence. See, in this world, uh, declaring your independence gives us freedom. But when you look at the kingdom of God, it's actually reversed. Declaring your independence actually brings bondage. According to the kingdom of God or based on the kingdom of God, declaring dependence is actually what brings freedom and peace. We declare our dependence by making our requests known to God. And so my first point for this morning, making requests brings peace and frees us from anxiety. Making requests brings peace and frees us 
from anxiety. Declaration of dependence brings freedom in the kingdom of God. And this is what Paul is talking about in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to encourage each and every one of you uh, by letting you know that it is okay to make requests to God. Asking God to supply your physical needs does not make us unspiritual. I have encountered several people uh, who have let me know that they don't ask God for anything. I don't have to ask God for, I don't do that because God is God and he will, he'll supply. I have everything I need. That doesn't make you unspiritual. It is okay to make your request known to God. And that's what Paul is saying. He challenges us to make our requests known to God. All of us face challenges. All of us face hardships. And God wants us to bring that to him. Praying to God, again, is not for him to uh, find out what we're struggling with because he's omniscient. He knows what we face because the Bible says that he knows our request before we even ask. And so prayer is not for God to find out, but it is a time of confession for us to confess our need for Christ. It's a time to confess the greatness of our God compared to our problem. Prayer brings peace and it frees us from anxiety. This is a declaration of dependence. And I encourage you to declare God's promises when it comes down to prayer. Declare God's promises from his word while in prayer. God's word is life-giving. It gives us strength to endure. It keeps us humble knowing that only God can handle the issues of life. God can bring peace to our hearts and he can free us from anxiety through prayer and by reading and declaring his word over ourselves. And so my question is, how often are we in God's word? How often are we declaring God's word in the midst of trial and hardship? My next point moving forward, God provides. God provides. Matthew 6, it lets us know in a nutshell that God cares about our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. I stated earlier that it's okay for us to pray for physical needs. Why is that statement so important? Because again, I stated earlier that there have been many people who spiritualize this portion of the prayer and many people hear the beginning of this prayer and they can't grasp how a God in heaven whose name is so holy, a God whose will or kingdom shall come and his will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. This God, they can't understand how a God like this wants to hear your request for bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We, the people can't understand why God would want to even hear a request like that. And so it doesn't seem right to people. And so many people believe that this was not a natural request, that this was a spiritual request, that these are not natural desires in Matthew 6, 11, when Jesus says, give us, our, give us this day our daily bread. But I believe that this prayer applies to both the natural and the spiritual. 
I believe that there's applications in both areas. Matthew 6, 25 uh, through 33, it tells me how God cares not only about our spiritual needs, but he also cares about our physical needs. Let's dive in. Matthew 6, 25 through 33. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is it not or is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a, or add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the, into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, be anxious or be, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so this tells us that God loves us so much that he cares about us being fed. He cares about us being clothed. He cares about if we have a place to live or not. He cares about if we're able to make ends meet financially. He cares if our car is working or if it's not. God cares about our physical needs. In fact, the first recorded miracle found in John chapter 2 of Jesus addresses the physical needs. In John chapter 2, Jesus was at a wedding feast and they ran out of wine. And during that time at a wedding feast, that was a huge deal. So if you ran out of wine, uh, you were looked down upon by the people. That, that just didn't happen. You, you were not going to run out of wine or anything at a wedding feast. Your reputation would be tarnished and destroyed and you would be humiliated. And so at this wedding feast, the host or the master of the ceremony ran out of wine. And again, you don't do that. And so uh, you can only imagine how fearful and how anxious the hosts were. The request was made to Jesus to handle it. And he took jars of water and he turned it into wine at the wedding celebration. That addressed their physical needs. In Matthew 14, Jesus was preaching to thousands of people. And after a while, they got hungry. And the request was made to Jesus to feed them. And he took a basket with only five loaves and two fish and fed over 5,000 people with leftovers. This helped their physical needs. The Bible constantly tells us how Jesus healed people's physical bodies. Jesus came to, people came to Jesus with viruses and infections and incurable diseases, according to doctors, but Jesus healed them. Again, many people have felt that praying for physical needs is carnal. They felt that it distracts us from who God is. But this is why Jesus starts off his prayer in this model prayer by saying, our father. 
Yes, God is holy. God is king of all. Yes, he is sovereign. But Jesus wants us to know that this sovereign king of all creation is our father. God cares for his children. God provides for his children. And before I move forward, I just want to share a quick reminder from this scripture. Jesus wants us to make our requests known concerning our physical needs, yes, but he also wants us to make our physical needs known with his will in mind. Amen? With his will in mind. There are many people who are on the opposite side, making them just as extreme as those who believe that you're carnal if you ask for physical things. There are people who believe that whatever you ask God, he will give it to you immediately. There are people who believe uh, Matthew 6, 11, uh, to be more like a wish to a genie or a fairy godfather. If you ask God for a mansion on the hill or a luxury car to park in the garage, it's yours. They call it a name it and claim it gospel or a prosperity gospel. If you ask God for this or that, just ask him hard enough and it's yours. And there's nothing wrong with wanting these things. There's nothing wrong with wanting a bigger house or a nice car. There's nothing wrong with that. And, but if it's not based on God's will, then it's wrong. Psalm 37.4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This tells us that God will give us the desires of our heart, but only if the desires of our heart are based on his desires. And this is what Matthew 6.10 is all about. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is why Jesus prays afterward, give us this day our daily bread. Notice how Jesus prays for God's will to be done before he addresses our needs. God's will comes before our needs. And so my question is, are your requests based on God's will for your life or is it based on your desires and wants? God's will comes first. God will provide and he will supply our needs based on his will. My next point, we must be thankful. We must be thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Because we live in a sinful world, because of our sin nature, we face hardship all the time. Jesus wants us to bring those concerns to him. But when bringing those concerns to Jesus, I want to encourage you to come to Jesus with a heart of thanksgiving. Paul tells us to be thankful in all circumstances. And then he says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Remember the model prayer. Jesus says, thy will be done. He honors God's will. It is God's will for us to be thankful. What do we thank God for in the midst of hardship? First, we thank God for who he is. According to Matthew 6, he is our father. God is our father who cares for his children. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties or your cares on him for he cares for you. Be thankful for a father in heaven who cares for his children. We should be thankful 
that he is God. For the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. This is God. This is God. He spoke and galaxies appeared. This is God who spoke in beasts of the field and birds of the air and fish of the sea came into existence, who could form man from the dust of the earth and with one rib could form an entire woman. He split the sea in two, causing them to stand like walls so the Israelites could walk through on dry land. This is God who brought one city to its knees through the holler and scream of mortal beings, gave one man the ability and the strength to single-handedly slaughter a thousand men with nothing but a donkey's jawbone. This is a mighty God who cares for you. This is who we should be thankful to and thankful for. We should be thankful for the opportunity to see God's hand at work in our hardship. I mentioned Matthew 14 earlier. Jesus was preaching to thousands of people in an isolated area. And after they got hungry, the disciples were ready to send them away. Jesus told everybody to sit down so he could feed them. Matthew 14, 17, the disciples brought a basket and said, we have only five loaves and two fish. I believe their view of that basket in this situation was wrong. Instead of looking at this basket as something little, I believe they should have looked at this basket as an opportunity to experience God's hand at work. We face challenges often. And you may look at things in your life, your bank account. You may only have, it may have only a certain amount in there. You may look at your job and think that it's not much to boast about. I only do this for a living. You may look at a ministry that you lead in the church and think that I can't thrive because I only have this number of volunteers. You may wrestle with doubt when it comes to making certain accomplishments because of your family history. We only have accomplished this. This is the mind of the disciples in Matthew 14, 17. We have a basket with only five loaves and two fish. And I want to encourage you and challenge you. Instead of looking at where you are in life as useless, let's look at it as an opportunity to see God's hand at work. We should be thankful for that opportunity. We should be thankful that where we are in life is either because God allowed it to be so or God himself placed us there. We may not always be where we want to be. God may hold us back for certain reasons and certain things because we don't have the wisdom or the patience or the love or the kindness or the humility or even the integrity needed to be where we want to be. The things that we may want, that certain car, that certain size house, that certain relationship goal by a certain age could be that very weight that so easily besets us. We shouldn't only be thankful for the doors that God opens, but we should be thankful for the doors that God closes. We may not be where we wanna be, but how can I use where I am in life to bring God glory? What does God wanna teach me in this season? We should be thankful in all circumstances give thanks. I believe this has spiritual applications as well because we face hardships daily. 
because of the trials that we face, we can easily become drained and burned out. So how can we handle that trial if we have only a small amount of peace? How can we handle a mean coworker or an arrogant supervisor when we have only a small amount of patience or humility? How can we handle sickness with only a small amount of faith? Take that little to Jesus. God may not always multiply your natural needs, but he can multiply your spiritual needs so you can endure the hardship of this life. We face challenges daily. Psalm 23, 4 tells us that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, before I move forward, it does not say if or possibly. It says even though we will face challenges, we will face trials, but we must remain thankful in those circumstances. We must remain thankful because of God's presence. He moves forward and says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. We should be thankful for the presence of God in the midst of trial manifested through the Holy Spirit. God may not always change the problem or multiply our natural needs, but he promised to always be with us in the midst of the chaos. We must be thankful. My next point, focus on today. Focus on today. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6, 34, Jesus says, therefore be anxious or do not be anxious about for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. My question to you What does God have for you today? There's nothing wrong with planning for the future. There's nothing wrong with getting life insurance. There's nothing wrong with even simple things like getting your clothes ready for work the next day. But the Bible's Bible's not against any of that. The Bible is not against preparing for tomorrow. The Bible is against worrying about tomorrow. The Bible is against anxiety of the future. Give us this day our daily bread. The Bible tells us in Exodus how God delivered the people from slavery in Egypt. Once they landed in the desert, they began to run out of food. They began to run out of water. God provided them bread from heaven called manna. Manna literally means what is it? That's That's the word manna. So if you ever see a church called manna, it's called what is it church? God sent, what is it? He sent manna and he gave people a rule. The rule, take the manna, eat it, take it home, but do not store anything for tomorrow. Do not store any food for tomorrow. And of course, uh, we know how obedient the Israelites were. So guess what they did? The exact opposite of what God told them. They stored food for tomorrow morning. The next day they woke up uh, ready to eat their manna and find, found worms crawling through the manna. The manna had rotted. God wants us to trust him every day. He wants us to trust him 
daily. Every day is a new day to trust God. What areas in your life can you take to Jesus today? What scripture can you feast on today? Who can you serve today? What tasks need to be handled today? One of the reasons why we may get so stressed in our jobs or when handling responsibilities is because we may try to accomplish tomorrow's task. But what does God have for you today? We're often competitive because we're worried about the future, worried that our competitor may reach our goal before we do. But what does God have for you today? We get sick because we're worried about the future. God wants us to focus on him today. Give us this day our daily bread. My closing point, Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. This is what John says in 648. I am the bread of life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I stated earlier how I believe that Matthew 611 applies to both the natural and the spiritual. We need God to supply our natural needs. However, we must remember that our spiritual needs are far more important. God wants us fulfilled spiritually. There are many people who have everything that one could want naturally. They have the big house. They have a wonderful car. They have money in the bank. They have the greatest job. They make great money. They can afford all the pleasures of this world. But even though they have gained this whole world without Jesus, they will lose their soul in the end. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Bread fulfills. It sustains. Bread satisfies our hunger. Only Jesus can bring lifelong satisfaction. Only when we feast on Christ can we truly experience lifelong fulfillment because everything in this world is temporary. Everything in this world is, is sinful, but God is holy. He's righteous. He made us in his image. He made us in his likeness. We became arrogant and put our desires above God's will, and we rebelled against God, ushering sin into this world, and sin separated us from a perfect God, putting us in the place to deserve nothing but his wrath. But instead of giving us his wrath, he gave us his son. Jesus, God the Son, came to this earth and lived a sinless life. He lived a life of daily gratitude and thanksgiving to the Father. He lived a life of submission to his will. He made his request known in prayer. If you go to Luke 22, Jesus is in the garden wrestling with the idea of giving his life for us. And it wasn't the fact that he had to give his life for us, but it's what he had to go through to give his life for us. And he goes to the father and says, Father, take this cup from me, but closes his prayer by letting the father know that it's your will that must be done, not mine. Even Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, and he revolved his life based on the Father's sovereignty. He lived a life of submission. 
He lived a life of daily dependence on the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. He sacrificed his life by dying on the cross for our sins. He was buried and three days later, he bodily rose from the the grave, defeating sin and death. If our faith is in Jesus, we will no longer face the wrath of the Father, but will live with Christ for eternity in heaven. We may not accomplish everything that we set our minds to. We may not have all the money in the world and enjoy all the pleasures of this world, but heaven is far greater than anything this world could offer. What hinders you from living a life of daily dependence to God? What hinders you from focusing on today without worrying about the future? While facing challenges of the day, what are some things that you can be thankful for? By focusing on who God is through prayer and by feasting on his word, we can live like Jesus. Jesus, the bread of life. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're holy. We thank you that you're righteous. We thank you that you are everything that we need. We thank you that you provide for us. We thank you that you care for us, not just our, our spiritual needs, but even our physical needs. We pray, Father, that you would soften our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit to be reminded of how much you care for us, that we may take our request and make our request known to you, knowing that it's prayer and making our request that frees us from anxiety and brings peace to our hearts. We pray that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will continue to guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We pray, Lord, that everything that has been taught we would apply it and hide it in our hearts that that we might not sin against thee and we would leave this place with a fire in our hearts to live like jesus demonstrate our belief in the gospel of jesus christ by everything that we say and what we do we thank you for all that you've done we thank you for all that you're doing and even what you're getting ready to do it's in jesus name we pray amen let's stand together as we worship